It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience. And without robbing you of the joy, of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a major news update on Miles Bridges and his status with the Charlotte Hornets plus the Hornets get another West Coast road trip win. We have David Walker in the studio to discuss that and more on the Locked On Hornets podcast. Let's do it. We're Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. We live. <laughs> This is Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks so much for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and daily wherever you get podcasts. That includes YouTube, where you can see the smiling post-Christmas haze face of David Walker, my fellow uh, dad. On this is a dad. This is a full dad pod now. We got That's right. we ejected Walker. He'll be back later this week, but we ejected Walker for a full dad pod edition of the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Doug Branson. You can get more of my stuff on my Substack, everyhornetsboxscore.com. He is David Walker, the Sultan of Sneakers, the King of Kicks. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year, Doug. <laughs> Did you get any good sneakers under the Christmas tree? Did Santa um... deliver any good sneakers? No, I gave some, you know, it's really more about giving 
Um, and now uh, I gave some, here's the funny thing. I gave some, uh, I like to give a pair to, to each son. Um, and I gave it to my youngest and he just looked at me and said, I wanted Crocs. And I said, I have failed <laughs> miserably as a father. Oh, wow. Like right to your heart. I mean, because did you, what? did you just exile him at that point? Did you just say, I just, uh, he, I mean, he also did get Crocs, but it's, it was, that was yeah. crushing, but I had a good Christmas yeah. otherwise. Okay. Well, you know, you know, our children are destined to reject us. You know, I mean, that's sort of the the whole process of growing up is they find the one thing that you love and then they shatter. That's that's just kind of how it goes. All right, uh, let's get to some serious news. On Friday, ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reported that the Charlotte Hornets and Miles Bridges are, quote, gathering traction and talks on a new deal, and optimism exists that an agreement could come in the near future. Miles Bridges is currently serving three years probation after pleading no contest to one felony count of injuring a child's parent. The NBA continues to investigate, and many believe that he will be suspended as soon as he signs with a new team. David, we've discussed this a lot on the show, uh, some with you, some with Nada, some just Walker and I, and we've been pretty unanimous, I think, that we believe, uh, I'll just speak for myself, I mean, I believe that he committed the acts that he was initially charged with. Uh, I couldn't get past the images that were released by his partner after the incident, Michelle Johnson. And I thought that the outcome, the ultimate outcome of the legal case is is more reflective of the difficulty in holding domestic abusers accountable more so than his guilt or innocence. I I was also clear that I didn't want to see him play for the Hornets again. But saying all that, Walker and I both, we did an episode several weeks ago, and we agreed with James Plowright of Sports Illustrated that we felt, you know, after multiple weeks, that this signing was going to be inevitable, that the Hornets were pursuing this. Uh, That was what we were hearing whispers of. And and now here we are on the doorstep with this report from Woj. My question to open this segment is if the Hornets do indeed sign him with the intention to play him at some point in the future, what do you think the front office's risk-reward calculation looks like? I... I'm a little baffled by it because it, to me, I don't know what the reward, the ultimate reward is. And it feels kind of weird to say this because you're right. You guys have been all over this, Doug, and you guys have done a great job uh, covering it and have kind of prognosticated how things are going to play out. Nada did as well. Uh, James Plyard did as well. Um, and a lot of people covering the situation have. It's weird because I felt awkward. Initially, I was like, well, you know, if they were in the running for a championship, it might make more sense, which feels gross to say. You know what I mean? Like just given the weight and, right. the, and the and the and the um, the heaviness of the situation, um, I, I'm sure the Hornets are just weighing. You know, that was their only plan, Doug. Clearly, in the off season, um, last off season before all of this went down, and uh, they don't have a lot of other options. They don't have a lot of other ways to add. Or they, or at least they don't choose to go those routes. They don't they feel they do. Anything. I mean, yeah, it's, right. it seems like you know, with the inaction in the offseason, that they don't feel like they have that. Uh, but, but I honestly, I mean, I feel like at this point, and I'm just talking in reality now. I mean, we right. again, we yeah. you can go if you want our our feelings on uh, the the court case and the situation uh, around uh, Miles Bridges. I mean, we we've talked about that. Now we have to talk about it just in terms of what the Hornets are choosing to do now. And I, I feel I feel like the risk-reward calculation is, uh, from, from their perspective, is that you are 
uh, getting a discount probably. I mean, it's not going to be a $100 million deal, which is what Woj was reporting that another team was prepared to offer him before all of this happened. I mean, you could speculate that's probably Detroit or Indiana, who Indiana was going after DeAndre Ayton. Uh, with with mm-hmm. that same kind of money, Detroit was certainly interested in in pursuing a player that could that could jumpstart their their rebuild. Uh, so that that was what the number was going to be. I I think it's pretty you know obvious that the number is not going to be that. And the Hornets were intending to match any of those yeah. offers. So you get that kind of player on a discount. The risk is all from a PR perspective, and you can sort of see them telegraphing what they're going to do from this report, you know, saying that they were going to, you know, they're, they're prepared to, you know, essentially have him go out into the community and, and uh, speak about this and uh, try to repair rehab that image a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the, 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 I don't think they see this as a big risk because I, I feel like they've, they think that the NBA commentariat who are going to roast this deal, you know, your Zach Lowe's, your, your big names are going to think this is gross, but they already didn't, they don't like the Hornets anyway because of Michael Jordan's ownership because, uh, or, or they don't care. They don't really pay attention to the team. So like, I think, you know, and then there's going to be a small percentage of the fan base that does peel away and say, all right, I'm not going to support this. I'm not going to go to games anymore. Uh, but the, their reward calculation is that if they bring him in and they start winning again, that you know most of the fan base or the casual viewer is either not going to know about this, or if they do know, uh, they're they're going to care more about winning. I, and again, all of it is mm-hmm. all of it that we're talking about here is weird and gross, but it's kind of the reality of the situation. I feel like. Oh yeah, and that could be next year, right? I mean, were there any numbers or 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 um? thoughts around how long the suspension would be I, I didn't see any factual hard ones out there no idea that's a great question I, I and and you know the 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 write-up here sort of makes it sound like the deal is going to happen sooner rather than later yeah just to start the clock on what mm-hmm. would be a suspension from the NBA but there is no guarantee that we know of that that when Miles Bridges signs with the Charlotte Hornets or any team that the suspension would happen immediately, although you would think that any team pursuing Miles Bridges would be in communication with the NBA and say, hey, can yeah. you give us a heads up here? Like, where are we in the investigation? You know, when uh, you know, when can we ex- expect that to happen? Uh, so y- you would think that was happening. But it, but I don't expect him to play this year. Do, would you expect right. him to play this year? I, I don't. No, I haven't. Um you know, but you mentioned that. I mean, it sounds like this may happen before the new year, right? I mean, they dropped this or it was leaked uh, the day before, or Friday before Christmas, uh, classic news drop. Um, but, you know, well, that's, I want to talk yeah, about right. that's, that's the other thing I want to mention before we get out of this segment, the, ti- the yeah. timing of it. I mean, the timing of the leak, it happens Friday, right before Christmas. Half the country is is on ice, literally. <laughs> Nobody's moving around. It was around. Friday afternoon, too. I mean, it was it was late in the day, I believe. Miles yeah. Bridges attended the game against Los Angeles that we will, by the way, talk about in oh, the yeah. second segment. The Hornets get a win in, in L.A. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, but he was in attendance for the game. Uh, he was he was uh, talking to several players after the game. So mm-hmm. what do you think about the timing of the leak? Uh, well, I mean, they were, they were hoping that would – not create much buzz uh you know what i mean now that was obviously uh, a a news dump uh 
to me i mean they've done this is and they're pretty good at that they've done this before in the past with with other various uh news leaks and and whatnot but uh and we should say we don't don't know know. we don't really technically know who leaked it but right 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 as several people have pointed out what Woj? uh, well well shams if shams had leaked it you would you would want to assume that that was coming from Clutch because he leaks a lot of Clutch and right. Clutch represents Miles Bridges. Woj right. doesn't really get a lot of those types of leaks, so again, a lot of assumption happening here. But you 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 know you would you would think this is coming from the team, especially with some of these details about how they are going to sort of rehab the the image of Miles Bridges and 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 go through some some PR hoops. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. I think they're just hoping that the majority of folks will, you know, not not remember, uh, forget, or, or or choose to just move past it once he does get back on the floor. It may be, like we said, over a year from when anyone has seen him play basketball, right? And throughout this whole thing, you know, uh, it, I mean, it's been covered here. You guys have covered it. People around Charlotte have been watching over it. But I don't think the league as a whole, you don't, you're not seeing much of this on halftime shows or – um, it's no. not, it wasn't, didn't get much coverage. And that's also interesting, Doug. I mean, I think that's come down from the league. That's been communicated that, Hey, we're not going to talk about this a lot. It's not covered on podcasts. Um, so, you know, uh, it will be, I guess, once he signs, he either gets back on, but I don't think that's going to be a big, you know, hit either. Uh, you're right. There's going to be some people slamming this. It, that would have happened with whomever signed miles bridges because he was going to be signed by someone, um, you know, that's just the way of sports and that's just the way what you guys have talked about. So the Hornets are just banking on that. Um, they see, well, look, from a basketball not, standpoint, I don't, don't want to let the, I don't want to let the Hornets off the hook here. I mean, not all, no, 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 not no, no. all organizations operate th- like this. The Hornets are choosing to operate like this. Uh, some, yeah. some organizations do distance themselves from these uh, uh, types of incidents and types of um, you know, c- criminal activity. I mean, they they do distance themselves. The Hornets are choosing to go down this road. Here was the paragraph I was looking for from the Woj report. Bridges and his represent- representatives with Clutch Sports have been in consistent contact with the Hornets organization, and the sides are working together on Bridges' plans to work with local domestic violence groups and community organizations to start reacclimating himself to uh, the Charlotte community. Uh, here's here's what I'll I'll close with. We, we haven't heard anything from Miles Bridges on uh, this um, after this court case ended. So, you know, we, we don't have anything from Miles Bridges in terms of taking responsibility for these actions. And, and certainly through the uh, litigation piece of this, he doesn't he doesn't admit guilt. So I don't know how they're going to really right. go through this plan without why would he be speaking to local domestic violence groups if he didn't even admit guilt in right. in the court case? I think that's going to be super interesting for for them to figure out how to navigate and i don't know if you really can uh figure that out uh and so it's all very interesting we'll 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 obviously uh keep uh paying attention to this story and uh, update you uh, on the show as it develops but we have to talk about this win for the charlotte hornets against the los angeles lakers don't go to sleep on the hornets just yet that's coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast, plus another injury to a big rotation piece. We'll talk about that as well. But first, want to tell you uh, about a special message we have from the NHTSA. So here's the situation. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride. 
but nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill someone. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't uh, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. More uh, with David and I on the Locked On Hornets podcast. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Thanks so much for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make your next listen Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. David, one more question on this uh, Miles Bridges news update. I had a few people ask me on Twitter if I felt like that this news would be uh, followed by news that the Hornets were involved in some sort of trade for Miles Bridges. Uh, so do you think that that's what's going on here, that that this is more of a, a sign-in trade and Miles Bridges will actually not suit up for the Hornets? No, I mean, my guess would be not because it seems like that would involve – uh, you know, more, more teams, more talk, more um, direction from the league. If I'm, you know what I mean? So I, I no, I think the Hornets are um, doing this for their own good. I mean, plus when's the last time we saw the Hornets involved in a trade uh, that was impactful uh, really of, of any kind, this would be a, a pretty big one trading away your, your second best player. And, you know, from, a, from that standpoint, like, I mean, the market's got to be pretty low because I'm not sure there's anybody else willing to to reach out for that. So no, I would think he's going to be a Hornet when when and if he he suits up again. I I agree with you. I think that's a great point um, that that they don't make a lot of in season trades. So it would be shocking just to see them kind of make a big deal like that. But also, I, I think it would be difficult to get any assets back from a team because right. a team that takes him is going to have to deal with the suspension. So, you know, I, I think a team would be more likely to just put up an RFA offer. And we haven't seen it. A team at any point right. could have put up an RFA offer exactly. and made the Hornets match, and they haven't. There hasn't been that interest. Uh, so, yeah, I don't really believe that this is part of a future trade. Also, within that leak, you had 
as I read in the first segment, they are preparing uh, to to have Miles Bridges go out into the community and try to sell this signing to Charlotte. Right. Um, so I don't know right. why you would you would start to work on that if you felt like this was part of a trade. And if the indica- if the reaction from the the players, you know, which we saw a little bit uh, after that Lakers game, is any indication? I mean, or any 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 hint of how just like the locker room or the team as a whole kind of views him coming back? I mean, you know, there wasn't much pause there, so it certainly seems like you wonder how much of those conversations have happened in the locker room or, or what the talk has been throughout this whole thing. Whether it's just been like an inevitability, obviously that would be hard to say. Uh, some you know at some point during this whole process but like I just mean like it feels like the team has always thought he would he would be back you know I don't know if that if the the feeling from the players went all the way to the front office and vice versa Um, but it, it doesn't seem like he would be traded at this point no, absolutely. The player, I think there's not there's not a doubt in my mind that the 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 majority of players on this roster support Miles Bridges coming back yeah. to be part of this. They're friends with him, and and they voice support. I mean, Terry Rozier has has voice support for Miles Bridges. Uh, Lamelo has stated his desire for him to be back with the team. So there's there's no doubt about that. That there are sources of power, uh, both I, I think from players to teams to organizations that. Uh, don't deter this behavior via their support for it. And, and I think that's certainly an issue, especially if we, if we see it happen again, I mean, God forbid it happens again. And then I think what's unfortunate if it does happen again, is that I think people will then turn to the same, those same sources of power, including the team and the league will turn to, well, this player was just irreparable. They were just a monster when really it is, I think uh, harmful to give people who commit these acts more power and more money, and and that that um, inherent support can can lead to uh, these kinds of things happening again and again and again, which is what we see in the NBA when you don't take something seriously, when you when the punishments don't uh, uh, deter the actions, they keep happening. So uh, there, that's a, that's that's all I'm going to say on it for now. Again. I'm going to write a little bit about it on everyhornetsboxscore.com, and we'll keep talking about it um, as as the news develops and when 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 and if he does actually sign. But let's now shift gears over to the Hornets uh, that are on the court. They got a win against the Lakers uh, in Los Angeles, their second straight game at Staples Center. Uh, this one didn't come easy. Final score was 134 to 130. Big offensive game that was in regulation, by the way. Didn't go to overtime. Almost went to <laughs> overtime, though. The Charlotte Hornets survived a fourth-quarter Lakers comeback led by LeBron James's 18 points thanks to a clutch offensive rebound putback. What else, David, is going to win them a game? Uh, this one, uh, from an unlikely source, I guess, Gordon Hayward getting that putback. It was called a goaltend uh, on LeBron. And then LeBron had a chance to tie it up but lost his shoe. Blown tire, oh. blown game. Hornets get their ninth win of the season. What do you think of their performance against the Lakers? Any way you can hang on against a LeBron James team for for this franchise specifically, yeah. it doesn't matter how they do it. I mean, historically, they just have not been able to get over the hump against LeBron, no matter where he is, no matter who the Hornets have, no matter what the state of their season is. So to see them go out there and play, and to see you know Lamelo continue to perform, um, you know, on the biggest stages uh, in clutch situations, and and the return of, of Terry Rozier, right? I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're really seeing this team finally have pretty much their 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 full arsenal of players healthy. 
Um, and obviously that makes a big difference. Look, the Lakers are struggling. Uh, there was no Anthony Davis in this game. Um, but you look at the way that LeBron and Russell Westbrook play, it's just such a it's 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 such an opposite to me when I watch this game because those guys are full bore the whole time. And I was like, well, this is not gonna go well because these guys are just gonna keep coming. And at some point the Hornets are not gonna be able to hold them off um and, and pull out this win. But man, you got a little lucky there, I guess, with LeBron coming out of his shoe. And they was did that just his enough. Shoe? I, mean, I mean, obviously, he wears his own shoes, right? So he's uh, that's a, not yeah. a great endorsement for the uh, shoe. It's sort of a, Anytime yeah. something, <laughs> it's the best shoe he's had in years, too, dog. It's a low top, <laughs> though. It's a low top shoe. Um, it's, all, it's a lot more ankles. like a Kobe. I know. But, but, but the offense, Doug, I mean, the Hornets were shooting the lights out in this game. Uh, you know, that's what kept him up. That's what kept him ahead. Um, and it did allow them to win the game. Such a weird ending. I mean, th- they didn't make a shot to win the game. It was. <laughs> It was a goaltend call, right, on a Gordon Hayward putback, and then they held on. So uh, did you stay up for this whole thing? It was like one thirty when this, this oh, thing was abso- over. Of course, uh, absolutely. What, what That's what, it's it's called every Hornets box score, David. That means <laughs> I cover every single one of these things. But you're, they were shooting well. I mean, 39% from three, that's, you know – that's pretty great for what the Hornets have been doing this season, which is not shooting the basketball very well. Uh, 16 made threes, four of those coming uh, in the fourth quarter. And you mentioned Terry Rozier uh, helping them two made threes in in that fourth quarter. He's come through. P.J. Washington actually led that fourth quarter with 10 points and led the team overall. This was a, uh, a much-needed comeback game for P.J. Washington, who shot yeah. 8 of 13 from the field, 24 points, five rebounds, four assists, got off to another rough start. It seems like PJ Washington. I wrote this down in my notebook. It seems like PJ Washington takes like the first four or five shots of a game and misses them, uh, and then you know he has continued to miss. Uh, but then in this game, he actually gets it back on track, which uh, definitely helped the Hornets. But let's turn to the guy uh, that we all want to talk about, which is Lamelo Ball in this game. Twenty-three points, eight assists. Eight rebounds. He adds three steals, four turnovers, only three personal fouls, stays out of foul trouble. Uh, Nine of 22 from the field, four of 12 from three. Not his most efficient game, uh, but he does uh, have a big shot in the fourth quarter. What did you think of LaMelo's Mm. performance? Really overall, David, we haven't had – I don't think we've had you on since he's been back. So what have you thought of LaMelo's time since he's returned for the second time this season? Yeah, I mean, he's been electric, and he obviously improves the team a great deal. I, the the thing for me that's been a little surprising, I think, is how fast he's gotten back up to speed. Because that first time he came back, I think it was the third game or so. It was a little rusty coming out of the gate. And that may have been the case this time. But once he's gotten up to full speed in this run, he's just been really, really good. Uh, the three-point shooting uh, has been dangerous, and he is pulling up from deep. Uh, that one in the Lakers game you mentioned was 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 from you know close to half court it felt like, but those are those are clutch those are key. The defense is uh you know still not there. Um, I'd love to see him be able to stay in front of a guy like Reeves. I feel like you can do that. Um, well, but that's Reeves, just not... oh, yeah, but Reeves, don't underestimate Reeves. I mean, he's Listen, he's good. I'm not. I mean, he's he's been <laughs> really the has... only thing LeBron can count on lately. That's true. Lamella has the length, though, and you think he could be able to move uh, to stay in front of some of these guys uh, at some point. But look, he's been awesome. Um, he, he's he's doing what this team needs him to do, which is run the show, hit big shots, um, and if he can just stop the fouling, stay in these games, um, that's really going to help him. But yeah, I've been impressed with the way he's been able to get back up to speed so quickly and just you know change what this team does, make them so much more watchable, make them so much more fun. Um, 
those six starters really with Ubre counting, they all played uh, 30 minutes in that Lakers game and they leaned on them heavily. But yeah, I've just been super impressed by LaMelo. I started to think maybe could he make a late run at the all-star game? It's probably too late, but he's been so good. Well, you never know with the voting, uh, but he, he didn't get a, a big push from the vote last season. So yeah, I think he would need the coaches at this point. I don't, I don't think he's played enough games, but he is throwing some really um, amazing highlight plays out there. He got by LeBron a few times. He threw a baseball pass, I believe, to it was yeah to Ubre um, after his own steal in the second quarter. That was a beautiful play. He was quickly attacking Schroeder, which I love. Like I want to see more Lamelo quickly attacking uh, the the guard and getting to the rim a little mm-hmm. bit faster. And so I, I love that he was getting downhill in this game. Um, he had this great reverse layup where he he froze LeBron. Oh. LeBron could have come over and tried to uh, get it on the weak side, block it, but he like froze him because you know Lamelo is so dangerous under the basket. You don't know if he's going to pass, but he decides to shoot it and uh, a great shot there. And then again, fourth quarter, uh, he just makes the team faster too, right? I mean that's that's oh, the whole yeah. thing. But LeBron that comeback, too. yeah, totally. LeBron that comeback, eighteen points. It, really 20 points if you count the goaltend. <laughs> but 18 points for LeBron in the fourth quarter. I knew this was going to be trouble, David, when Jalen McDaniels hit him with a hard foul and LeBron started bleeding. Like, I think his lip was bleeding. Like, you can't look. Ooh, you can't make him bleed his own blood. No, McBo- you know, I don't know if you remember McRoberts hitting LeBron that one time, but you, you can't. You can't make LeBron bleed his own blood. Uh, you know, you just can't do it. He's gonna, he's gonna take it. He's gonna take it personally, and he certainly did um, in in this game. But uh, yeah, you get a good PJ game. They needed that. They need a third. You know, they need a third big score to step up. Lamelo, Terry, and then they've got to have a third guy each game, whether that's Jalen or Kelly or PJ. This was a balanced scoring attack, though. Really, yeah. twenty four from. From PJ, you get 23. From Terry, LaMelo added 23. Gordon had some good defense in this game. Uh, all around good game, six rebounds, four assists, 15 points, um, and and knocked down one three. So, yeah, um, it, it was a good game offensively, but defensively they did struggle. I want to talk about that. Plus, there was an injury in this game that we have to cover. It's it's It might have a big impact on the team. That's uh, coming up on the Locked On Hornets podcast. But first, want to tell you about our friends at Bet Online. They've been with this podcast a long time, been supporting us. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and even esports. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. If you, and if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at bet online as well add that to your repertoire they are always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix you can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online where the game starts more on uh, this game in la ahead on the lockdown hornets podcast we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed 93 percent of employers agree indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent indeed survey and listeners of this show will get a 75 dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash podcast just go to indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash podcast terms and conditions apply need to hire you you need indeed. Yes. 
More thoughts on this game, this win, one thirty-four to one thirty. We we've really paid a lot of attention, uh, a lot of attention in that second segment to the one thirty-four number that the Hornets put up, but but the one thirty I think is a little disturbing against the Lakers. Not a team that has been like fantastic scoring the basketball this season without Anthony Davis. Uh, Russell Westbrook goes six of twelve in this game, hits two three pointers, two corner threes. He gets seventeen. But li- listen to these numbers too. Austin Reeves. 20 points. You mentioned him. Gabriel had 13 points and five offensive rebounds. They continue to struggle to rebound the ball. But what I want to shine a light on is the fact that this is the second game, second straight game at Crypto.com Arena uh, in L.A. They get blown out by the Clippers. The Clippers go small and absolutely eviscerate the Hornets. The Hornets have to go small in this game because Nick Richards gets hurt. We're going to talk about that injury in just a moment. Uh, right ankle sprain and they go small against the Lakers and they get eviscerated again. Uh, D- David, what's, what's going on here? They can't, we, we thought that Steve Clifford wasn't going small because that was just kind of not his ethos, right? I mean, he likes playing a big that can keep guys out of the lane, but, but I think it's because their death lineup is death for their defense. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of crazy to see that. I mean, especially you mentioned Clifford, but look, uh, there's just not a lot of stoppers out there. I mean, when honestly, when Kelly Oubre is your best perimeter defender, right, uh, it, it's going to be trouble. Uh, and he's been pretty good this year. We talk about all the deflections and stuff, but uh, yeah, they're going to have to outscore people uh, for the most part until this this height situation gets gets fixed but i mean where are you getting the defense from doug i mean who's who's locking down anyone no no dennis smith obviously um no 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 martin out there um and 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 now no no nick richards maybe for a little bit it's going to be a struggle they're going to have to shoot the lights out yeah so if you are watching on youtube i've got some numbers here on the screen from cleaning the glass this is every lineup they've run this season with pj washington at the center position not a lot of possessions again Steve Clifford going to this really out of necessity only. We saw him uh, hold Mason Plumley as long as he could against that small lineup against L.A. He did that a little bit against uh, against L.A. when they decided to go small as well. So only 87 possessions. But you can see right here the point differential on those 87, uh, 87 possessions is negative 37.6. Uh, points yeah. per possession, points per 100 possessions. That is not good. I mean, your your score on all of these lineups, your points per possession on offense is 98.9 under 100 points per possession per 100 possessions. That's not good. And then over 136 on defense. Oh, You're boy. giving up a ton of points just for some context on defense. A bad they have a bad defense, but they've only been giving up overall as a team 115 on one of the worst defenses in the league overall, when they go small, that number skyrockets to 136. And the 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 ones, the small lineups, David, that actually play well on defense, to your point, are the ones that feature Dennis Smith Jr. It's why having him out has been a little devastating to their defense because his on-ball pressure is is really key to allowing some of these small lineups to survive on defense. But when you go P.J. Washington, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier, Kelly Oubre, Gordon Hayward, only eight possessions, super small sample size, but the differential is negative 160 (laughs) because your points per possession on defense is (laughs) 285.7. 
That doesn't so, seem real. So he's they're they're getting the the overall point here is that they're getting drilled when they go small. So there, there's there's been some questions like, hey, why don't you try PJ Washington at the center position, or why don't you go a little bit smaller every once in a while? I think the answer is they can't without Dennis Smith Jr. So yeah. You know, I, you know, it's got to be driving Clifford crazy among the many things that um, I hope he's 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 taking some time for himself over these Christmas holidays on this trip to just kind of zen out because that's got to be a huge frustration for him. But, you know, like we didn't think he was going to come in and make this team, uh, you know, the bad boys uh, <laughs> from Detroit and like start knocking people around. Um, he's held them in, in check a little bit better, but you can only do so much, I think, with the tools that you have out there. Um, well, but the, the, the point you, you're making the point, which is that Dennis Smith jr. Was someone that was, we didn't even know if he was going to make the rotation right. because we didn't know what he had left in the tank. And he came in and, you know, gave them an element of again, on ball pressure and intensity on the defensive end that really suited Steve Clifford, but also I think inspired a team without LaMelo ball to start honoring the defensive end of the floor because they knew their offense was going to suffer. And when Dennis Smith Jr. left with an ankle injury for the second time this season, which we always knew that injury issues, you know, have or have been an issue for Dennis Smith Jr., so the reliability wasn't going to be there. You know, when he went out for the second time, they stopped honoring the defensive end of the floor and it continues. And now you're looking, I think you're getting a look at what this team would have looked like with Steve Clifford having to re-engineer the defense because to me they're playing this team is playing exactly like they played under Borrego let's high octane we're going to try to score as many points as possible shoot the lights out and defensively just do just enough at the end of a game to to get a win that's what carried them to 43 wins last season and you know but but Steve Clifford obviously wants to try to change that because he understands that that kind of play doesn't win a play-in game it gets you blown out of a play-in game like they did right. the past two seasons under Borrego. But as I mentioned, David, they had to go small against L.A. because they lost Nick Richards, and they played Mason as long as they could and then had to go small to match what L.A. was doing. And Nick Richards goes down with the right ankle sprain, does not return to the game. He's listed as doubtful uh, for this game tonight against Portland. What does it mean if Nick Richards has to miss multiple games? I think, you know, for me, I've enjoyed watching him play and it's been a call for him to play or start, you know, in some circles. So uh, I think, I think it's. Does it mean more Mark Williams? I don't think it means that (laughs) to you. Well, we haven't. That would be a surprise. That would be a surprise. Yeah, but I haven't, um, I haven't gotten any notifications about a call up from the G League. So I don't think that you're going to see Mark Williams tonight, but you might. You never know. It could come. Yeah. It could come very late, uh, but I haven't seen that. So I think it's going to mean a lot of Mason minutes and and some small ball lineups small, that yeah. you probably with Maladone. I think if they go small, they might try to get Maladone in there with that small lineup because he does. And maybe maybe Lamelo and Maladone because at least Maladone gives you a little bit mm. more uh, of an ability to stay in front of a guy. But yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do against Portland. Yeah, Nick Richards has been such a uh, you know a real revelation in some senses this year. Just been coming much more consistent. Uh, so it's, it's, it stinks to have him out there. Another ankle injury, Doug. I mean, is there any other kind for this team? Uh, it's 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 staggering. 
Yeah, and and this one again was a freak thing. He he was jumping up and and landed on on an opponent's foot and uh, sprains the ankle. We again we don't hopefully pregame we'll get some indication as to like the severity of that injury. But you're right, a double double machine at times uh, off the bench. He was starting to get back into a groove. He had fallen off. His offensive aggressiveness had really fallen off. Uh, uh, several weeks ago, but he had started to kind of get back into the groove. And so this is a big loss for, for a Hornets team that is used to big losses. We are, we're getting some news on Cody Martin's status. It looks like he's getting closer. Dennis Smith Jr. has been doing more and more, but I think they're taking ultra precautions on the ankle injury because a third ankle injury for him would probably mean the end of the season. So they're hoping that they can get him back fully healthy. We'll have more updates on uh, the injury status for everyone tomorrow when we're joined uh, by Nada Edwards. But yeah, this this one's a tough one for Nick. Um, and, and it's going to, I think, I think if it's long term, it does mean more Mark Williams. I think they'll be forced to call yeah, up Mark Williams. Yeah, they almost have to. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast or watching it are screaming, like, it should mean more Mark Williams right now. Like, why not see what you have in him? And uh, I think there will be more and more calls for that, at, you know, if they continue to lose games. But so far, 2-2 two and two on the West Coast road trip, and things are looking a lot more winnable. I mean, Golden State, no Steph Curry. They did get a big win on Christmas, but uh, they've been losing games lately without their leader. So that game looks a lot more winnable. Portland tonight is going to be tough. I mean, there's no, yeah. there's no way around it. Portland is very, very good, and uh, they, they have some weapons there that are going to be very tough for the Charlotte Hornets to guard. Uh, But we will recap that game tomorrow. David, thanks for joining me. Day after Christmas, really appreciate it. Hey, thank you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Season's greetings to everyone out there. (laughs) All right, we'll have more. Uh, Thanks for making Locked On Hornets first listen today. Make your next listen. Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most. The biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights that only Locked On can provide. Thanks to David. Walker will be back on Wednesday. I'm joined by Nada tomorrow. Make sure you check it out. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm. Sharp. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.